You're listening to the Health Coach Careers Podcast, brought to you by Wellpreneur. Learn what it's really like to be a health coach in these interviews with real, successful health coaches. These interviews originally aired on the Wellpreneur Podcast, and they're hosted by me, Wellpreneur founder, Amanda Cook. I hope they give you inspiration and insight into planning your own health coaching career. Are you thinking about becoming a health coach? I know it's a big decision. I know I had a lot of questions, fears, and excitement when I took the leap to become a health coach while I was still working full-time. That's why I've created a free health coach decision kit to help you decide if it's the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wellpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Cook, and I'm really happy that you're here with me this week. Like every week, it's just awesome to get to talk to you. Now, this week, we've got an interview that's another show in the Real Health Coach series. And we're talking to Megan Rand from Ginger Nutrition about how she's filled her practice and also recently just filled a group program with 30 participants. So I think this will be really interesting to all of you that wish you had more clients, too, and want to know how she really did it and how people really do it in the real world. But before we get into that, you know, I always like to give you an update about what's going on here in Wellpreneur land and in my life here in London. And just a couple of weeks ago, actually, I went and spent the day at a workshop with Seth Godin in London. It was so awesome. If you don't know Seth Godin, he's really like the inventor of permission marketing, of the concept of not just spamming people with your marketing materials, but actually getting people to raise their hands and opt in. And that's the kind of marketing that so many of us, at least the ethical ones, do online. So it was just awesome to get to spend the day with him. And it was all Q&A format. So people were just asking questions and he would just answer them. And it was just really incredible. He's written a great book called Tribes, which if you are trying to build a tribe online, like you find your tribe of people that know you and become raving fans, I really recommend checking out his book Tribes by Seth Godin. We'll link that up in the show notes. But so, of course, I couldn't resist and I had to ask a question. (laughs) So I was asking him about podcasting. And do you know what he told me? He told me that he thinks that podcasting has really hit a saturation point where there are too many shows to listen to. So people just can't possibly listen to all the audio content that's out there. And so therefore, they tend to stick with what they know. And they're a little bit hesitant to try anything new because There's just not enough hours in the day. And what if it's not a good podcast? It would be a waste of their time. So he said that the thing to do if you really want to get outreach and grow your podcast is you've got to get people to make personal recommendations to their friends. Because if a friend recommends something to you, you'll take a chance on it. You'll spend 30 minutes and give it a try. But otherwise, if you just come across something, your time is too valuable to even take a chance that maybe the podcast wouldn't be good. So therefore, I'm sharing this with you and I need your help. We really, in order to spread the Wellpreneur podcast, I need you guys to tell your friends about it. I am totally surprised at how many people I hear that have never listened to a podcast. And even I was surveying my email list and a lot of people that are on my email list still don't listen to podcasts. This to me is totally crazy. And I know I'm preaching to the converted here because you're all listening to me. But as you know, podcasts are so amazing because you can take learning on the go. It's completely free and you can learn while you're cooking dinner, while you're doing laundry, while you're at the gym, right? It's amazing. Podcasts are were just life-changing for me back 
gosh, years and years ago when I was trying to leave my corporate job, I would listen to podcasts on my commute and they were my little glimmer of hope that another life was possible. And I know that's the same for many of you as well. So if you love the podcast, and you know what? I don't even care if it's my podcast. Any podcast that you love, please tell people about it. Spread the word. If you are speaking to somebody or have a friend or know another wellness practitioner and you think, you know what, they could really use this kind of training, tell them about the podcast. You might even need to tell them how to listen to a podcast because sometimes people don't know how to do that either. And that's okay. The easiest thing is if the person has an iPhone, the app's already installed. So they just need to go there. You can help them just download the podcast themselves for the first time and encourage them to listen. So if you want to spread the word about the Wellpreneur podcast, awesome. But just spread the word about podcasts. Make personal recommendations to people to help us all grow our audience and spread this amazing information because we know how valuable it can be and how much an impact it can have on people's lives and the show notes as well. Okay, now let's jump into this week's interview with Megan Rand from Ginger Nutrition to share some tips and some experiences about how she's filled her practice of one-on-one clients and also her group coaching program. Hi, Megan. Thanks for being on the show today. Hi, Amanda. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. So Megan, I've invited you on as part of the Real Health Coaches series because I really wanted you to share your story about how you got your own health coaching business started and some of the things you've learned away along the way and especially some of the Instagram tips that you've picked up. Absolutely. I'd love to share. So maybe you could start off and just let us know, take us back to when you first started your business. How did you approach starting your health coaching business and what worked for you and didn't work for you? Well, when I first started, I basically started as with most other health coaches because of my own health. I was seeing a practitioner who was doing a three-month program, health coaching program, and also using functional lab work. And I said, ooh, this is actually a career. This is, this is like my ideal dream job. I want to do this. So I was slowly shifting from the corporate world. I was a mechanical engineer in the corporate world, and I was part-time doing all my training and doing my coaching in the evening. So for the first year, I worked both jobs and I would do whatever social media on my lunch break and then I would see clients at night. But of course, in the beginning, it's always tricky to find those first people, right? So I'd say when I finally started to get a little bit of traction was when I started doing local talks. There were... I don't know if you know Salad Master, but they have a cooking system. So they had these meetings weekly and they would let me give a little five-minute spiel on health. So I would talk about whatever came up that week. And then really slowly, they would I would add them to my newsletter. And I would, of course, add and harass with all my friends and family and they would share. And then once I got that first few clients, it really became a word of mouth. And the biggest complaint that people were having was that they knew what they were supposed to be doing and they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And most of the time, I would even agree they were doing what they're supposed to be doing, but there's something just not right with their health. And that was exactly what I experienced as well when you're kind of doing everything right, but it's not working. So that is where I did the health coaching training, but also the functional diagnostic nutrition training. So I can use functional lab work. We can look at hormones and liver function and gut health and look for pathogens and parasites. So almost always, as soon as we looked at the functional lab work, it just, you know, their eyes lit up because they're like, I've been going to the doctors, but nothing ever shows up. So now I get to finally see on paper 
there is a reason they feel the way they they do. And so they were much more compliant after seeing that. They finally felt like there was kind of a path and something. I like data, right? So I'm an engineer by by trade and we can check the numbers, make a change and then follow up. And that keeps people really engaged. So I feel like once I really started implementing all the functional lab work, that was when the word of mouth, people were just sharing my information. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So there's a lot of people out there listening who are just getting started or just getting out of their training program, whether that's for health coaches or otherwise. So I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit more about like those talks that you did in the beginning. How did you get to do those talks? Did you have to go and pitch yourself and were they paid? And like, can you just tell us a bit more about how, how that worked? Yes, for sure. They were absolutely not paid. <laughs> so, you know, actually, it was funny because my office where I'm working, the corporate job, it was right down the street from one of these cooking offices. So they invited our whole company to come for a cooking demonstration. And most of the time when you go to a cooking demonstration, if it's not specifically for, you know, holistic health, they're usually using generally somewhat unhealthy foods, I'll say, just from, you know, my perspective. But when I got there, they were just all about whole foods. They even had like some brown rice pasta, you know, they were because they, lasagna was the dish they were making. So I'm thinking, you know, lasagna is going to just be loaded, right? <laughs> with, with unhealthy things. But they were really aware of health and they were talking about health as well as talking about their cooking system and et cetera. So I realized they were a pretty good fit. And I just asked them, I said, do you have anybody like a health coach type person that you refer people to? Or is there anything I could do here because I'm trying to get the word out and you seem to be aligned with the kind of things that I'm offering? Because they were talking a lot about the cooking system being the lowest metal, the less metal that's going to leach into your foods and keeping it most alkaline. And at the time, I was personally doing heavy metal testing on myself through the FDN program and had really high metals. So this brought, you know, came to my attention and I felt, oh, this is really something people need to know. So I approached them and said, there's anything we can do. And the owner of that operation there was really open to it. He said, we do a, I think it was every two weeks. Yeah, every two weeks they would do just a free dinner for people who had just purchased these cooking sets and teach them how to use it. So he said, just come up and give a five to 10 minute presentation on anything you want. So um, I would just bring a little handout and usually have it be some food recipe related or around the holidays, you know, how to not overeat during the holidays, how to counteract when you eat too much sugar, just some really basic things that I had learned at IIN. And then people really loved them. And then they would, you know, come up and ask more questions. And I had a little sheet, you know, everyone said, make sure you get their email address. So I had a little sheet they could sign in with their email. And then I put them into my newsletter, which I was really consistent about having a newsletter go out weekly, no matter what. Awesome. And then from the newsletters that did you invite them in to do like a free consultation with you? Or how did you start to get clients through that? I did. I offered at that point free 50 minute um, consultation health history session for anybody who's interested. And so a lot of them would do that session. And maybe that would be all they would do. I didn't really pressure them. I kind of said this, you know, see if we're a good fit. And then a lot of them were very interested. And from there, what I do, I do a four month program. That's just the length of time that I've found works best for me and for my clients and that they're willing to commit to. So even though almost all of them end up doing a second four month program, I think if I had said six months or eight months upfront, that would pass, I personally would be scared off by that. So 
they would come through the newsletter. I would just kind of give general tips and general recipes. And then every month, I would definitely say free consultations if you're interested. Cool. And when you were first getting started and pitched yourself to do that, those first talks at that center, did you feel ready to do that? How much did you have prepared, for example? Or did you have business cards? Did you have your website? Like, how much did you have at that point? So I had the business cards that they give you at IIN. I'm very basic. I was kind of embarrassed of them, but I'm like, at least they can find me. And I did also have a very basic website. So there was somewhere they could go. I did not have a lot of content up at all. I kind of pushed people a little bit more towards social media, Facebook at that time. Um, I later got much more into Instagram, but I would kind of push them to social media because I did make sure to post two times, one or two times a day. I kind of had my consistent post. So I just kept up with whatever was going on in my life, whatever I wanted to share. So I would try to get the newsletter and social media just because my website and the card, you know, I didn't feel like were all that amazing. (laughs) And um, they could get a better snapshot of me and how I work through the social media. But I didn't let that stop me because I still really like to redo my website. But you know, there's, there's more important things I feel like that need to come first than making something perfect and pretty. People don't really care about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, well, I know from experience that websites are never really done. Like as soon as you get it the way you want, then you start to evolve some more. And then pretty soon within a few weeks or months, you want to change it again. So I think that's totally the right approach. Just go forward anyway. Don't let yourself get stuck. So can you tell us what your business looks like now and what you're doing in terms of marketing to find clients? Yeah. So now we move around. My husband's in the military, so we move around a lot. So my business is 100% online. Virtual. All my clients are Skype or phone. And I didn't plan that originally. I wanted to have an office, but then you know we're moving and you kind of are uplifting everything. And it, you, you don't want to have to start over. So when you're kind of... I have clients all over the US and you know actually other countries too. But when you keep that format, you really can move easily. So we moved about a year ago. And about a year ago is when I stopped working full-time at... Well, first I went part-time actually. And then I stopped completely at my corporate job. And at that point, I had hired a business coach. I actually hired the business coach right before I stopped working. I committed to this program. And then I'm like, okay, I'm all in. This is my main income. This is I need to be all in. So in three months, we completely redid basically my whole structure. So um, exactly what I offered, the four-month format, I do seasonal elimination diet programs online, and just revamped how I was going to work with people. One thing that really, really helped was I set up an application process. I feel like this was a big game changer for my business where it went from me feeling like I was begging for people to work with me to people applying and they would fill out a long form. And that way you could get an idea of how committed they were, get an idea of what was going on for them. If it was maybe there was either too much going on or too little, right? So you could kind of feel how they would work with you before even talking to them. And it also put them in the mindset of kind of feeling like they were trying to get into something. <laughs> so it was a there was a mental side of it that really people felt like, well, I'm applying for this. And once I started doing the application process, and if they filled out the application, I would then do the free consultation. It also meant that people had to be serious. They needed to take the time to answer the 10 questions. So if they weren't willing to answer the 10 questions, they didn't get a free consultation. So that kind of weeded out people who just, just wanted to talk. 
about the weather. <laughs> and so that application process, um, then I, I really quickly completely filled up my practice. And now I'm full for the year and I'm gonna, then I'm going to go on maternity leave. So I might, you know, the next time I'm going to have openings is April of next year, which blows my mind because this, this all happened kind of in the last year. But at the same time, I would say I started switching a lot more heavily over to Instagram for social media. And I had a couple different strategies I used on Instagram that worked really, really well. One of them, obviously, just being consistent. I post at that point twice a day. Now I just do one every single day. I don't think the number matters, but just something consistent. And I also started really reaching out to people in the community in the community that I'm in, but that do, did things a little bit different than I did. So not really other health coaches, but maybe food bloggers or people who create recipes or people who have similar health interests, but are offering a different kind of product. Like for example, I teamed up with uh, Fat Face Skincare. You know, they offer a non-toxic skincare line. So it was somebody offering a product and in every time she sends out her product, she sends one of my little flyers with my face on it that says, you know, do you have acne problems? Like, do you have skin problems? We probably should look deeper at this, look deeper at your hormones, look deeper at your gut. And it refers to me. So reaching out to these different people, which to be honest, I was not totally comfortable with doing. But every time I reached out to somebody different, I would get really good feedback. So I was like, okay, I can do this. And I even reached out to some health bloggers, food bloggers, and offered them to run one of the hormone panels that I use and get a free consultation. I said, I'll share this information with you. If you'll share with your audience that basically this is the service that I offer, like this is some data you can have. This is something you can do. You can easily check your own, your hormone levels with a saliva test. And that the combination of just keeping up daily with Instagram and then reaching out to those different people, they would then share the fact that lab testing and hormone testing is an option. And then I started just getting tons of requests because people want the data. <laughs> they want to know what's going on inside. That's really awesome. Thank you. There's so many good tips in there. I think a lot of people will probably create an application process now because it's a really good idea. I'm curious, when you were talking about reaching out to these bloggers and other people in your community, I know that a lot of people have a lot of... like feel a bit hesitant about that. Like, oh, why would they want to talk to me? Or I'm not ready for that. Or I'm not a big enough name yet to reach out. Do you have any thoughts about that and how people can just go forward and do it? Yeah, absolutely. So I didn't have a name at all. I mean, I had, you know, 200 people on social, like on my Instagram, and they were my friends, right? So I had not built my platform at all. So this was, I don't know, for people who are new on like some kind of social media Instagram, for me, it felt like pulling teeth to even get one, find one person to come find your stuff, right? Because you don't get that momentum until you get more people who can share, etc. So in the beginning, I said, I don't, I don't know how people build this. Like I can post every day, but they're not necessarily finding me because there's nothing for them. It's really hard for them to find me. So I just would choose. I would say, okay, this week I'm going to find two people. I would go research them a bit and, and reach out to them. So I'm sure you've noticed and everyone has noticed that a lot of the bloggers and food bloggers will do giveaways, right? So they'll be giving away products or whatever, you know, different things like that. So one of the things I did was I, I, I reached out and I said, Hey, I, I know you do giveaways often. 
I would be happy to give away at that point, it was, you know, my seasonal detox. So I'd be happy to give away, you know, my seasonal elimination diet or a one hour strategy session with me. They usually are really happy to have things to give away because that, you know, their, their followers really like that. So they would then put, you know, my name on there. And sometimes I didn't even have the person show up for the consultation or they never joined the group, but still just having my name put out by that blogger, people would follow me. And so then I would say, Oh, okay. Well, I got a few more people from that. So then I'd move to move on to somebody else. And eventually, you know, I found a few three or four bloggers who are really passionate about health as well. And they just became my advocate all the time. So I don't really continually reach out anymore, but it was very, very helpful in the beginning. And I feel like you see that's kind of standard what people do when they have products. So I learned this from my friend with the skincare company. That's really standard is you send products to people who blog and then let them talk about it. But most people who have services don't really do that because they don't have a physical item to send. So I was kind of thinking, how can I apply this whole like pro what people do with products to a service? So I just offered my service and some people weren't open to it at all. And some people were really, really excited, especially when it came to the hormone testing. A lot of them wanted to do it themselves. So they were like, Oh yeah, I'll do that. I'll talk about it. Cause then they got to see their numbers and it was something they were excited about. Cool. And I'm wondering, so now that you're full until next April, which is so awesome, what are you doing in terms of, have you like stepped down your marketing now or are you still planning to keep it going solid until April or what's your plan there? Well, so what happened was I discovered really quickly that there's a lot of people I want to work with and one-on-one uh, -on -one takes a lot of time and you know, it's, it's very draining to do a lot of one-on-one. -on -one. I put a lot into my one-on-one -on -one clients, like we're, we're in it together. So so there's really only a certain number of one-on-ones that I can do. You know, I, I don't want to max out my whole schedule because then I can't do any you know future projects. So what um, I decided to do, and actually we just started yesterday, is I'm doing a group version, a group three-month version of the program. So we have 30 people in there. Um, this is the first time I do it. It's called the Healthy Hormones Group Program. And basically, we're going to go... They get to still run their hormone panel and their neurotransmitter panel, but, it's, but all the coaching will be done in groups. So instead of every other week getting on a phone with me, they'll getting on, get on the phone with me and the whole group. And I made some videos and things to go along with it. So that's what I'm going to do. That's kind of my focus right now. I still have all my private clients as well, but I'm not searching for any more. And then we'll, in April again... We're going to run that same hormone balancing program again. So between now and then, I'm just going to basically kind of slowly ramp up to another round of group programs. So between now and then, I'm just going to offer people really good content about hormone health and all the things related to the program so that they can see that see whether or not that's something that'll be a fit for them. So by the time the next program comes around, they'll either say, yeah, I'm in or um, no, I, no, I'm not. That's really great. I love that idea of just shifting your one-on-one -on -one program into a group program. And I'm sure just making a few tweaks to it and then you can help so many more people. So that's really, that's really inspiring. Thank you. Megan, what do you think if you could go back and give yourself some advice when you were first getting started with your health coaching business, what would you tell yourself? I would tell myself to not worry about being perfect and not worry about not knowing enough. You really just need to know, be one or two steps ahead of somebody else and you can help them through the process. So 
I've learned that now. So right now I'm, I'm pregnant. I'm going through my second pregnancy, but I call this my first holistic pregnancy because the first time around, I just wasn't aware of it. So I'm sharing my journey. And I think when I first started out, I wouldn't have shared as much because I would have felt like, well, what if this isn't really right? You know, what if there's a better way to do it? And I don't know. What if I'm sharing the incorrect information? So this time, you know, I'm just sh- I'm sharing what I learned as I learn. And I'm saying that this is what I'm learning right now. This is what's working really well for me. And yeah, it might change because the research changes all the time. And, you know, in two years, I might tell you something completely different is the optimal way to do it. So I think just not worrying about knowing the perfect way and the ideal thing and just sharing your journey as your journey. And people really, really respect that. And they love that you're kind of a real person and not saying, I know everything. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think sometimes we put all this pressure on ourselves. Like we feel like we have to be the ultimate expert, but actually people really relate to you a lot more when they see that you're a real person and that you don't know all the answers either. Absolutely. Yeah. I just shared actually recently or two days ago on Instagram. It was motivated, made it motivated by a podcast I was listening to. I shared, um, which is just five things you don't know about me. Basically five reasons I am not perfect at all kind of things that you wouldn't really hear a health coach say they still do or don't do. And I got so much good feedback from that post, which I wasn't really expecting to be honest, but I think it just helped people realize, okay, like you don't have to do everything perfectly. Like she's sharing things that are the ideal, but that's not what she does every single day. And that's not what I should be expected to do every single day. It just takes a big weight off. Absolutely. So I'm wondering, since you're running your business online, like you're totally working with all of your clients online and everything, what are some of your favorite tools to use to help the coaching process and to run your business? Um, Favorite tools, I'd say. So we use, I use Skype for pretty much every call. And then phone as well. Right now, I'm really big into Periscope because that's been really fun with actually connecting with people. And for the group program that we're doing, we're going to actually tonight, we're going to do a live call. It's going to be a live private Periscope with just the 30 group members so that they can see me, but they can also type in their questions. So it'll be a little more live interactive. So we're using that tool, I feel like, in a little different way than maybe it's meant to be. But we're going to try that out. I, I think it's, everyone's really excited about that. I put out a little poll. What they, would they prefer you know, a conference call or Periscope? And everybody said Periscope. So that's a big one. Another thing I use for all my online... So since I don't have... I'm not amazing with website type things, etc. I make a lot of freebies and guides and things that I want to hand out. So I use lead pages as a way to put up a really quick page for an opt-in for somebody who wants to say, oh, you know, I just want to hand give away this handout and have everybody's email go to my MailChimp. MailChimp is what I use for my newsletter service. So I'd say between MailChimp, lead pages, and then Canva.com to actually create images. Those are some of my top, I would say, tools that I use for online business. Awesome. I'm a huge fan of lead pages also and Canva. I'm always talking about Canva on the podcast. So (laughs) I'm sure everybody's tired of hearing about it, but it's so amazing, especially their new Canva for business and the whole magic resize thing, which is just awesome. Yes, it is awesome. So can you share with us a few more Instagram tips? Because I know that's a really popular topic and a lot of people are looking to build their following on Instagram. 
Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I love Instagram. So it's been become such a community. I literally learn every time I post something, I learn from the people following me because they'll give me their input. And then the next time I post about it, I have one more piece of input that I've learned. So it's been kind of um, an amazing learning process for me as well. But I would say the biggest benefit that I've gotten and once I made this change is, you know, you can have one link right to a website or something in your profile. So I do, it does take a little more effort, but I do change that link out really often. So whatever I'm posting for the day, at the end of every single post, I will put a call to action. So I will say, did you like this post? Like go grab my free toxic home makeover guide or whatever it is that I'm kind of giving away as a freebie at the time or whatever is related to the post. And then I will link, say the link is in the at Ginger Nutrition profile. So all they have to do is touch on the name, you know, click on the clickable link and they can go directly to it because we don't like to type stuff in anymore. So if it's not clickable, then we don't do it usually. And you only get that one clickable link in your profile. So having any time you post something, having someone have a call to action and remind them that there is something in your in, in your profile in the clickable link in every single post. I thought that was going to be annoying to people, but I was amazed when I didn't do it, how many times I'd have people ask, well, well, is there a way to get this information somewhere else? And even though I had said it in four other posts, they of course hadn't seen them. So they didn't know that there was a guide, a full guide ready waiting for them in the link. So that was kind of how you know get actual conversions of people joining your list from Instagram versus just kind of, you know, communicating with each other. But then then they're actually on your email list because they've grabbed your free guide. They put their email in, they're on your list. And then now you can have your weekly or however often you send out your newsletter conversation with them. And you don't have to just rely on whether or not they saw you on Instagram or Facebook or, you know, because Instagram, Facebook, those are going to change all the time. What, who sees what and how often. So you kind of want to get everybody who interacts with you consistently, you want to give them something really awesome that they want that's going to help them so then they can see basically how helpful you are. Awesome. Give us your Instagram name. It's Ginger Nutrition. So Ginger, I'm a redhead. That's where the ginger comes from. And then it's nutrition, but N-E-W. So a new way of looking at health. Ginger, N-E-W-T-R-I-T-I-O-N. Cool. And is there any final thoughts or advice you'd like to share with people out there trying to get their health coaching practice built up that might be feeling a bit frustrated and you can just kind of share some of your tips? I so basically finding a mentor, I think was a really big thing for me. So I think seeing someone else do a program and knowing how much it can change somebody's life. So I did a three-month program with someone else and it literally was life-changing. So once I knew that, I didn't doubt this process at all. Like I didn't doubt the ability to coach because I said, no, like I I know that this process works. You just have to stick with the steps that you're taught. So I think if you don't, the people in my class with me who didn't follow through and didn't find clients and just didn't take that step, they never really saw the process work. So either, you know, following somebody or finding somebody who's doing basically what you want to do and say, hey, can I be your intern or can I just watch you? Can I follow you and see that this process actually works so that you feel like you can jump into it too, that you're not scared, that you're not giving people what they need because you've seen it work. I feel like that confidence 
um, helps you just kind of go forward because things are not going to be easy in the beginning and it's going to be hard to build in the beginning. But at least knowing the process works, you'll just stick with it and keep doing every little step that you know you need to do, even though it's slow in the beginning and go, okay, I know this is slow, but consistency, 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 do it every single day and it grows slowly and eventually it grows faster and faster because you get, you get that momentum. So tell everyone where they can find you if they'd like to get in touch to ask questions or try one of your programs or just learn more about what you do. Yes, absolutely. So my website is gingernutrition.com. So same thing, ginger and then N-E-W-T-R-I-T-I-O-N. Um, and then on, on that page, there's a contact at the bottom. You can send me a little message or there's um, information about the seasonal detox programs that I run. The next one's coming up in October. The Healthy Hormones Group, we already started that. So that one won't be April till April of next year. But my favorite place right now is actually Periscope. So if you want to come over to Periscope, and you know, if you're a coach, I think it's really important. I've been watching a lot of other people in Periscope and kind of what they do and how they do it. So if you're thinking about adding this in, I would highly suggest coming, checking it out and seeing what you like, what you don't like. Okay, I, I want to do it that way. I don't. So um, on Periscope, it's G Nutrition with the N-E-W. So it didn't fit gender. So it's just G Nutrition. Awesome. And we'll link all of those up in the show notes so that everyone can just click through because nobody likes to type in links anymore, like you said. So they can just click through and, and access you. Thank you so much, Megan, for being here. It's been really great. Thank you. This is great. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Health Coach Careers Podcast. If you're thinking about becoming a health coach, don't forget to download my free Health Coach Decision Kit to help you decide if health coaching is the right next step for you. Download the decision kit at wellpreneur.com slash decision kit.